Truth what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads, and slightly to one side. I think of the old days, you were better off. Because nowadays, they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually, someone's going to be superb. Like Our education systems have mined our minds in the way that we strip mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Hello, listeners, and welcome to... Cool, blimey. Episode 57 of the China Education series. It's myself, Chris Bradshaw, in the studio today in Zhuhai, South China. And, uh, well, we have our... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to title you as an expert, I think, for this, um, well, kind of debate or, you know, I think educational podcast that we're going to do today. It's none other than our friend, all the way from England, Mr. Alex Torin... I was, for it. I was waiting to see how I you're going to do this. I, I never know and you never know. Neither are you touring today? Or are you? Which leads very well into what we're going to talk about today, doesn't it? You know, where do you lie on the spectrum? So what can I call you today? Just Alex. Alex. Right. Well, it's lovely to have you back, Alex. And uh, if any of the listeners have looked at the title of this podcast, and that may have got you ready and have got your um, lips and mouth salivating for what we're going to talk about today. Because let's go over it. Let's frame this, Alex. What we want to do in this podcast, I was going to say very simply, but this is not simple. So I'm going to frame it so we know, whoever's listening with us today, we know what road we're going down. Mm -hmm. And if they don't want to come all the way down with us, then they can go off at a service station or they can actually change and go into a car and reverse and Godspeed somewhere else. Yeah. But this podcast, the aim of this podcast, listeners, and you know we like to do some pretty innovative things at the cusp of change, that is where China Jedi lies, is to use this podcast to act as a teaching tool, okay? A teaching tool for breaking the big concept of gender down into bite-sized, digestible pieces. So we're going to take the concept of gender and it's many, many names and terminologies and I'm this, you're that, and he's this and she's or maybe not even he or she, and very much try and put something to it that can be educational and maybe most of us like myself can actually start to understand, overstand and understand a lot more of. Now, I know, Alex, you're dying to come in here because I've, I've probably already made people listening a little bit annoyed um, and, and I'm sorry if we've done that or I've done that but it's also to give our own personal perspectives on this yeah. um, and, and that's important on this highly um, debatable debate and to discuss some of its most sensitive areas excuse the pun um, <laughs> that seem to be affecting opinion and causing much debate listeners around the world and perhaps actually even causing some um, flashpoints in your home or indeed classroom. Mr. Tom. I guess the first thing I should say, and I guess... I oh, guess, Christ, how many things are there? I guess... The, the, the you start point, with one. When I say the first thing, I 
the like literally the beginning point of it. Yeah. The biggest misconception around this whole thing is that it's political. And I guess I understand this varies from person to person because a lot of people, you know, some people have very conservative views and very conservative when we talk about the word conservative, that can mean very traditional in terms of what those traditional roles might mean. But the whole concept towards gender and sexuality has become a massive political debate worldwide and there is no need for it to be. It doesn't matter, certainly you and I politically, we agree different, we, we have different opinions on politically on this political issue, but when it talks about when we talk about gender and sexuality, we're both very open-minded and we're both very much understanding people and both interested in each other's experiences. Mm. So in no way does what we're going to talk about today have to be political. Totally and utterly not. This is not a political podcast. Absolutely. I mean, we could we could even go into the matter of like race and all this stuff. Like, but well, let's keep it focused. Hmm. All of this stuff is not political. Would you like to um, make a disclaimer of any sorts? I thought that was we... the. <laughs> I thought that was the disclaimer. I thought. Oh, I um, thought you I had guess, another separate disclaimer. I guess. I guess. Yeah. If I was to give a disclaimer. Um, I, when I say I'm an, if you, you say I'm an expert, you're an expert compared I, to my expertise in this matter. That's a good way of putting it mm. because I, I, my experiences are my experiences. Like this does not necessarily relate to your experiences or any interaction you have with any queer person. Everyone is different. Everyone has different situations. Did you just call me a queer? Any queer person. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and we we'll get into that because like, that, that's a huge thing. Like yeah. loads of like in terms of pronouns, in terms of titles, in terms of appearance, even regarding like stereotypes within the gay community and all this stuff. Like everyone is different and you you can't make any form like ev every experience is different. But the key thing is, oh, excuse me, as we are doing today, we are listening to one another. That, I guess, is probably the big thing to take away from this today, like that you're actually sitting down with an expert with in quotation marks and having an honest conversation to try and educate yourself. Wonderful. And I, and I think, um, I think that's a good disclaimer. Yes. And I, in <laughs> us being uh, friends and um, you know, you've, you've got some personal experience with this, with this as well, Alex. And, and I think that brings a lot to it. Um, and I think that could be very useful. So, well, let's just, um, let's just crack on into it. Shall we? And where do we start? This is what I was thinking as I was putting this out. And I'll tell you where we're going to start. Um, I'll tell you where we're going to start, listeners. Is when I think about, you know, the words gay and homosexual and things like that. Um, which I have no problem with at all. Uh, absolutely nothing. The problems I seem to have is the, the, the labelling um, of it all. And, um, and there's become a lot of labelling to a lot of things. And mm. a lot of things you can say and can't say. And like I said earlier, I think people are scared to talk about this. And so... We're standing up here. Well, we're actually sitting down, but we're standing up in our seats, sitting down and standing. And we're saying we're going to go for this. So put your comments in. Tell us how stupid Alex is. Um, and, and we're OK with that. Um, and of course, from, from listening, if you have to other podcasts, you'll know exactly that what I think and say um, can be rather tongue in cheek. So don't take it for word. Um, that's my is that my little disclaimer there. I can I can say that, I think. Now, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind. Alex is LGBT because mm. going to university that was a thing I know you've started an LGBT 
um, club, haven't you, before? At, yeah, at in one of my previous schools, yeah. And I think a lot of people maybe who don't know too much about this will understand LGBT. Of course, now, LGBT has been lengthened um, yes. somewhat. Maybe before it was LG, um, which is a brand, isn't it? LG... TV or LG, yeah, yeah, it's a TV, TV and, yeah. and, um, and BT, software. bloody terrible British telecom, uh, telecoms <laughs> industry. Oh, there's some conspiracy here. Q as well, or oh, Q and on. There's some Q in there, but no, this is now LGBTQ. <laughs> Stop digressing with this, Alex. LGBTQ um, I two S. Okay, that's a new one for me. Oddly enough, like that's a different one to what I've heard. I've heard of a really. I've heard one that goes about ten letters. Um, I guess to f- it's, I think it's fair to say that probably in terms of how it's gone longer, yes, there is ways of it going longer. I guess the more common way that it's read now is LGBTQ yeah. plus. And ah. they've had, so what they've done is they like sometimes they just say LGBT plus or LGBTQ plus. Those are sort of like the main two that I would say that they use. And the plus is because, as you said, like there's so many terms. So many terms, so many labels now, and it's a whole spectrum, and it's just trying to be inclusive as possible. Okay, good point. So just quickly, before we go into um, something else, which is fascinating, um, LGBT, just to bring you up to scratch, everyone, because uh, I needed to bring myself up to scratch, L for lesbian, um, G for gay, uh, B for bisexual, T for triangular... <laughs> nice try, Tri- transgender. I'm sorry, <laughs> transgender. Nice try. <laughs> that's my that's my terrible writing. I always should have been a doctor. My mother said. Um, Q for queer or questioning. Yeah, ooh, yeah well yeah, done, like well that. done. Like nice that. bit of research. And now I, I've managed to miss out the I, um, and it could be a one. I don't know, but next to it's two and S, which apparently is two spirit. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. Two-spirit. I, okay. Well, we'll get into that later. But, it, you know, because it starts from, yeah, get that lesbian, get that gay. get, And then we start going down and it becomes, for me anyway, who's someone quite ignorant to this or new to these uh, new, new, new terms, it gets a bit foggy. So, as you said, let's just put a plus on it and yeah. be done with it. Um, okay. So, there's that. We're really, we're really putting the petrol on the fire here, as they say, or the coal in the, <laughs> in the, uh, in the engine. Um, now, I came across, because of your fine self, this rather, I have to say, it's quite innovative. It's called the gingerbread man. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Gosh, I've gone wrong. It's not the gingerbread nice How try. could it be the gingerbread man? Well, well, let me stop that again. We all know the gingerbread man. And anyone who's been a teacher or a child has read the gingerbread man, which is a bit of a funny story, actually, when you do read it. Stay focused, buddy. Okay. <laughs> but he does run off. He does. And everyone chases to eat him. Yeah. And he finally does get eaten by the fox, right? The sny little fox who... Mate, you're a lower school teacher. It... Not me. Oh, right. Well, I do believe it is the fox, the cunning fox. Okay. Who, who kind of says, oh, come and sit on, my, sit on my nose and I'll take you across the river. And, of course, the oh, gingerbread yeah. man gullibly, innocently does it. And the fox munches... The gingerbread man, but I'm sure there's different versions and different dimensional thoughts on that. And I'm sure different LGBTQI2S plus versions of it, which we're not going to get into. But my point is, it started with the gingerbread man and a very innovative chap called Sam Killerman. (laughs) Sam Killerman came up with a way of simplifying the many components of gender identity 
gender expression, sexuality and biological sex by using his gender-bred person model. You see, listeners, how I got mixed up with gingerbread man? It's gender-bred person. So, I quite like that. That's very creative. Created and illustrated by Killerman, author of It's Pronounced Metrosexual.com and an LGBT advocate. Interesting, doesn't say LGBT 2 plus 4, 6. So, anyway, we'll, then we'll move on from that. So, we've got this gender-bred, sorry, gender-bred person, okay? And, Alex, you'll find yourself, you found out about this. Come in here. How did you find out about the gender the gender-bred person? So, I, from when I found out this resource, um, I think it was probably when when I was first creating the LGBT club for my school back in the UK. The first sort was this Monmouth? No, um, no. Oddly enough, there was no LGBT club at my school when I was growing up. But my first teaching placement. It's not that odd, is it? I mean, this is kind of a, you know, it's a. I mean, going back that back then. I remember that a lot of my friends used to take the used to make fun of the fact that we had a gay deputy head teacher or two gay deputy head teachers. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the nature back then. But like my first experience with this with this resource was creating this LGBT club at my first school that I was teaching at. So my first professional like I was creating it with Was them. that the Ochre place? That sorry, the Quaker place? No. I've just typed gay into my pin code for the laptop. How ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's not gay if anyone takes my... Not that I matter if it was gay, but it's, it's like, numbers, by the way. I'm not giving anything else I love, away. I, yeah. You're so focused right now. You're loving the gay conversation <laughs> we're having right now. Well, we don't it's get to ha- talk about it much. But it's just, such a happy conversation. You see what I did there? Uh, well, the word is exactly what I was looking up, the meaning of it. And then um, people are having fun that their heads are gay. I mean, well, that's the word gay, right? Um... So, yeah, I, I literally was just like my head teacher came up to me one day and said, you've had some experience with this, like from one of your training schools. So one of my training schools, not the Quaker place, mm-hmm. like Chepstow that I used to train at. Yeah, yeah. They had an LGBT club that they created there and it was very young when I joined the school. Was that and one was, in Wales? It was the one in Wales. I think it was like six months old when I was training there. So you came across it through the school? I came across it through the school because we were creating, we were trying to create a more inclusive website. We were trying, we were trying to just create something where the students could like come and just be safe. And that was the first intention, like where they could just meet each other, be mm-hmm. safe. And then we'll see what the need is from there. We then started like working on what could we do to make the school more inclusive, dealing with homophobic incidences within the school. And in my last year of teaching there, we were working with assemblies. So we were trying to create assemblies to make, you know, to help educate yeah. the school. So we even did a hate we even did an assembly on HIV awareness. So where we actually educated on the differences between HIV and AIDS and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we were working with a really good local um, charity called Off The Record. And I still follow a lot of their resources, even all the way over here in China. And it's a Bristol exclusive resource, um, charity. It was really, really good. And they do loads and loads of great resources. And sort of Genderbred was sort of like one of the very early ones that was shared with me probably in my first or second year of teaching and believe it or not the model that you're showing me today mm-hmm. there's like four or so different versions of it a lot all of these versions have the same sort of idea where it's this whole idea of a spectrum between male and female mm-hmm. and somewhere in between um but it's always been branched out a bit more and a bit more 
Well, as we're in the, the podcast game and um, listening is the, the, the way of how this works and we have listeners that are listening now wherever you are, um, I want to visually just represent this for our listeners, um, Alex. So what I have in front of me is the gender-bred person um, and it's a picture of, well, all intents and purposes, the gingerbread man. But it's not. It's the gingerbread person. But you have uh, the gingerbread kind of man, uh, uh, the silhouette, and then you have um, some nice eyes and a smiley face. Um, and then around it, um, you have four major components. You have the identity, which is uh, there's an arrow towards the brain of the, uh, of the biscuit, um, if I can use that word instead. Uh, and then you have the orientation, um, the uh, sexual orientation of the, of the biscuit. Uh, that's linked to the the heart area. Uh, then you have the uh, the sexual orientation, um, or, or, or shall we say the biological sex, which is actually pointing to the uh, you know the bits area. Uh, and then we have the the general or holistic expression um, of of the biscuit, um, which I guess uh, would be the um, would be the gender expression. Um, how you demonstrate your gender. So that's that's the point. That's why it's called the gender-bred person. We have this visual, which we know visual can make things a lot clearer for people, and, and that's what it's all about. It's about educating, uh, bringing clarity to this rather colourful spectrum of labels and differences uh, within uh, the human race. And um, Alex, I, I, I hope I haven't completely messed that up, but um, let's talk more about the biscuit. Okay. Um... Yeah, as you said, like there's so many different components that go into this. And we can talk about I mean we can talk about so many different parts. I guess I guess for simplicity, let's start with what most people assume is what defines your gender, what's between your legs. Right, now that is termed on the gender bred person. Uh, biological sex yes um and it's pointing to the private area which um alex eldridge toll is um <laughs> describing as between your legs between yes. your legs yes <laughs> that was well, why i described just, that. just in case the listeners didn't needed a bit more information on that we have to be very you know it's a multicultural world we live in and multilingual linguistic as well so who knows we need to be slower with our english um okay so on this um, spectrum Next to the ginger, uh, sorry, next to the gender-bred person, next to the biscuit, is uh, four lines, isn't it, Alex? A spectrum, mm-hmm. and we're going to deal with one of the lines, which is biological sex. And we have on the left an arrow pointing down to female, and then all the way up to the right on the spectrum we have the male, which of course most of us would understand. Mm-hmm. And then in between we have what's labelled intersex. Now, before you come in, Mr. Tulp, there's a little labelling here, and it says. Biological sex refers to the objectively measurable organs, hormones and chromosomes. Now, I think this is an important point here. Chromosomes Mm -hmm. as well. Not just physical features. Correct. Mm -mm. Female equals vagina and ovaries and the obviously the XX chromosome, which is what differentiates uh, genetically a man from a woman. And male is the penis, the testes and the XY chromosome. Listeners, remember, we don't have if you're a man out there or you are terming yourself a man. Um, then you only have one X chromosome there and, and not two X chromosomes um, on the uh, on the sexual uh, chromosomes that determine sex. But of course, all this is being blown out the window. Intersex is a combination of the two, and that's why it's in the middle. Right, take us away, Mr. Tolliner. So, 
I guess the big thing is, you said, like, yeah, with the whole intersex situation, a lot of people, uh, I think, so a lot of people don't realise that they're intersex. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the old school term for intersex was hermaphrodite. Ah. Why, why this got changed, I don't know, because I, when I was growing up, I watched South, South Park, and my first introduction to this was hermaphrodite. Probably the same as most of listeners, most like, like yourself. That was the first time I heard of it. Was that before Kenny got killed, or...? No clue. I can't remember. Who killed Kenny? <laughs> never um, But intersex is, all, I guess, the more political correct term that we use. Sorry, what was that one that you just said? Intersex. Okay, so that's the actual now that's, the new... Okay. I guess I, I, why or what changed, who knows. Okay. I don't even... But the point is, I, th- I think it's a more appropriate name, given the way the language works. Okay. Um... Just because of what the you know when you break down the word, I think it makes that more sense. But not many people know that they're intersex until they're trying to have children. Right. Yeah. Because the definition of intersex is that you have characteristics um, regarding both um, both genders. Yeah. With regard well regarding both sexes, regarding both male and both sex, regarding male and female, you have characteristics of a, of a, um, regarding characteristics of the. Of the vagina as well as the penis. The penis, yeah. Um, and bear in mind, with those parts in mind, like with you're, you're talking about two components, the vagina and the penis, the components themselves are much more broken down. And as I, mm-hmm. I'm not, I know you're saying like I'm an expert on this. This is a difficult thing to explain, and I'm worried I'm going to butcher this. Well, well, let me just take you so, into a road of wheel on those. I mean, the, within the he, the hermaphrodite understanding, you have true male pseudo and female pseudo. And and then, like you said, you can break it down in ovary and testicular tissue. There's a there's a there's a lot to this. Yes, um, and mm. because of obviously your DNA and the way your chromosomes are developed, you know you could be a man with a penis, but you could also have a womb yeah. with ovaries, etc. Like that's that's completely possible because of the way biology biology works. There's a lot a lot of those experiences happen. I mean, yeah, people don't realize until they're trying to have children that they're insects. Yeah, Funnily enough, yeah. people with polycystic ovaries can grow facial hair better than you or I, wow. because they because their because their biology thinks that they have a male body, despite they have a working womb and vagina, etc. Their body thinks that they have um, that their body sort of overcompensates to produce testosterone to meet the needs of a male body, and that's sort of where those things come into it. And it's such a complicated matter that. A lot of people find it very intimidating. Even I find it intimidating. Yeah. But it's just understanding that the only thing that sort of gives me comfort is knowing that you're not an expert and that you understand the basics and you understand how complex it can be and you just have to accept that it is much more complex. And until you know, meet people who are like it, I, as far as I know, I've never met someone who's intersex. You know, Alex, as well, um, there's some great points here. Uh, I'm learning through this, which is just brilliant. Is that you said, let's start off with the easiest one. What's yeah. between our legs? And of course, what has now ensued is there's a lot more between our legs than we might imagine. I mean, um, for all you, for all we know, I might have... For, I mean, I've, I've certainly not been tested. I don't know if you've been tested. 
but there might be more going yeah. going down there for both of might us. Might be all going down. And, 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 you know, if that's... I mean, it's the case. I mean, it, it's there. This is fact. Uh, people come into the world not just with female biological organs, um, and some just don't get them with, with, with male biological organs. And there has to be... Um, th- I mean, that, I think, for all of us today is something we need to understand um, before we go further into this. So what I want to do with this is we've moved... Can we move on from that spectrum? Because there's yes, four of course. Questions. There's so many. Within there's so the much. Yes. Gingerbread person. So let, let's do a little self test then. So I, I'm going to take the biological sex test now. For all I know, I am definitely on the right of the spectrum, male for yeah. this one. Okay. What about you? As far as I know, I would say I'm the same. Right. So you're walking with me down this road on that one. I'm male, okay. Yeah. That's great. All right. Good. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Cool. So shall we do sexual orientation? Oh, naughty. Sorry, was I not meant to say that? No, I thought you were, like, are you trying to suggest that I'm asking you out or something? <laughs> I mean, do you want to go for a drink later, mate? Like, you, you know, we'll see saying, where things go. You were saying that, weren't you? You know, if you were to say in the office now, oh, that's a lovely top, that you might be taken as actually, you know, trying to... So which I is, think that's ridiculous. It can, it depend, I think it depends on your attentions. Um, it very much depends on your intentions, you know, the way we say things, etc., you know, are you trying to come off very flirtatious or are you trying to come off very considerate or are you just trying to, you know, lighten someone's day? Your intention might be one thing, but also the way you present it. You see, you thing. see how you're taking this and just cutting it into so many yeah, different things. Yeah, I did. Yeah. All right. There's a Thanks lot for more. telling me. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so okay, sexual orientation. So right. So we've done biological sex. Just to go back to listeners, this is the second spectrum of four. <laughs> called sexual orientation and it's to do with the um sexual it's to do with the whole expression it's, of the biscuit it's mm, well it's more of what you're attracted to so there's yes the yeah. bit orientation attraction yeah. yeah what you're attracted to okay i'm i'm, I'm going to try and keep this simple because i can split this and i'm only going to split this into two sections before you One, split what's between your oh no we're not in between your legs now we're, we're all around yeah um you and the biscuit. Oh yeah, Sex- do you want to explain what this yeah, is? Yeah, I, I just quickly because um, sexual orientation, then listeners, um, is who you are physically, uh, spiritually, and emotionally attracted to. A lot, lot in there, based yeah. on their sex, gender, in relation um, to your own. So, who you are physically, spiritually, and emotionally attracted to, based on your sex agenda, um, in relation to your own. So, yeah, go. So. You you sort of brought up what I was going to say. Arguably, this could be split into two sections. One in terms of what you are attracted to, like in terms of physically what you are attracted to. Are you attracted to more male characteristics? Mm-hmm. Are you attracted to more female characteristics? Are you attracted to like like in terms of what when you look at someone, what are you attracted to? But then the other side of it is what you are romantically attract, attracted to. That's the other side. That's that's sort of where I would say like I, you could split this into it. Um, and this can vary in terms of you are attracted to men, are you attracted to women? But let's be honest, we all have a type. You know, are you attracted to more? That's rather presumptuous. How do you know I just have one type? Well, we all we okay. okay. Well, I don't. I'm we just... call, <laughs> we <could> all have. <laughs> well, I, when I say we all have a type, we all. I guess when I say we all have a type, we all have a. That word type can be very vague or very loose, what or very specific. Okay. That's just the nature of it. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I'm attracted more towards femininity. Okay. Yeah. So I guess well, without yeah, uh, you know, I'm attracted to more um, 
female traits, like in terms of a lot of the guys that I'm interested in, I'm interested in those sort of a lot more feminine guys. Are you looking to further your career in education? Teach Now offers a convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach Now for Teach Now. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. Do you know what I forgot to do? Sorry to pull back on that. I do apologize. It's on the spectrum that we that I described to the listener. Yes. One of the four spectrums of the yeah, gender oh, oh, person um, yeah. is, the, is the ends of the spectrum in the middle. Oh, yes. Okay, so sorry. from before yeah. in the biological sex, we had the female organs, the male organs, then we had the intersex, which could have both. Well, in this sexual orientation or attraction, sexual attraction spectrum, mm. on the left side, we have heterosexual. Yes. On the right side, we have homosexual. And in the middle, we have bisexual. Right. So, right. Carry guess, on then. So you're into more feminine. I guess this might maybe this is the simpler one out of the three out of four. <laughs> no, no. Because this is the so heterosexual is where you are attracted to the opposite sex. Right. Homosexual is where you are attracted to the same, same sex. sex, and bisexual is where you're attracted to both. Both. Um, but the thing is, obviously, this this is where sort of it maybe gets a bit more complicated because again, this is coming down in terms of sex, in terms of what's between your legs, and as we've just discussed. That can become very complicated and very yeah, sort of I can misleading. Imagine, yeah, and I think we even here we've even realised just how complex and how intimidating this matter can be for a lot of listeners, a lot of people. You know, when this all comes to you in the surface, you know, if someone, your child comes up to you, or when you see someone on the street like this, it mm. all can be very overwhelming when mm. you're first introduced to this. Um, I guess. Is it worth maybe saying where I fit into this? Well, well, well let's do or that then, shall we? So I'm, I'm going to go... Can I go first? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to... I'd probably be more simple. Um, maybe that's what we need at the moment. Um, so, sexually orientation. He's putting his finger up, but it's not at me. It's to the side that I would go to, which is <laughs> heterosexual. Yes. Um, now, if I could just say... And you were saying what you're attracted to. One interesting thing you did say is you might be attracted to something, but you might not be romantically attracted to it. Correct. Which is quite interesting. You see, I wouldn't have thought that. See, what I'm attracted to normally, well, I guess, you know, if you're attracted to, say, something like cars, I mean, obviously, would you be romantically attracted to them? I think that's a grey area, isn't it? It's a very very difficult situation. Um, So... I guess for yourself, you're just going to say, what, you heterosexual? Well, this or... is sexual, isn't it? So let's... I don't this have a what... sexual orientation as well as a car. Um, and by the, and I have more motorbike, by this the way. Is, this but... is in terms of your attraction towards people. Absolutely women. Not one type. And I I, okay. I, I do like... Um, I You know, and I hope I shouldn't say... Well, I'm going to say, but this is all about being open. Mm. I do have an attraction to, to um, feet. Cool. <laughs> Cool. No, Good no, on no, you, buddy. But here's the thing: never men's feet. I mean, men's feet are hairy. But but they, I would I never shave be... my feet to be Whereas, honest. <laughs> so so if if a lady and of course by all intents and purposes, listeners, I'm married, happily married now, so I don't look at anyone's feet uh, except my wife. So there's a little caveat there. But you know, I if a, if a lady did wear before I was married 
um, sandals or something. You know, it's, it's just, in, it's just, I, just I, in case she's one of the listeners, <laughs> is it? I don't think she listens at all. She seems to be too much anyway. Why would she listen to podcasts from me on? Um, is that, um, that, that I would have a look at the feet. And, and the reason is, it's not some, what do they call it, like a... Fetish. Fetish. It's more, I think you can tell a lot, a lot about someone by how they look after their feet. Now, that's a whole different scenario. So if a woman okay. has lots of bungians, um, you know, not very tidy feet, hair all over it, lots of, like, um, rough, uh, dead skin and things like that, you can tell that they're not looked after. And if you don't look after your feet, which are the main players in this three-dimensional game, we tend to walk on them a lot, then what also do you not look after in your life? Um, and that can be partners, that can be your business, that can be relationships. Okay. So, yeah, so have, you, have I done well to move off that kind of, oh my gosh, this guy's got a weird fetish, into it's much deeper than that? But you, you, you I think you've nailed it, because okay. I've never heard of that. I've never heard it from that perspective before. I've heard people are interested in feet, but, and you know, whatever you're attracted to doesn't matter. But that's a really, it, I, I think hmm. that accurately describes just how complex these things can go. I'm um, being complex now. I, I, well, I guess say like how deep rooted they can be in terms of you're saying like this sort of level of attraction towards yeah. like, but actually it's much more personality based. Yeah, it's much more in terms of like, well, I might be attracted to this physical element of you, but the reason why you're attracted to it is actually a lot more personality based. Yeah, which then links into is is it physical attraction or is it romantic attraction? Which is very, I, I find that quite interesting to listen to sort of hear your take on it. Well, if there's any guy but, out there today who's meeting a new girl, you know, he's, he's in the heterosexual spectrum, or look at her feet. Vice versa, well, actually. And, well, and vice versa. It doesn't matter, it doesn't, matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. No, okay, it doesn't matter. You know what? When I go on my dates later this week, I will say, hey, can you bust out your feet for me? I would <laughs> no, like no, to see how... No, that's not what I would do. I just make sure you look at her feet before you get too serious, you know, because if you can't look after her feet, she's not going to look after you um, in the black and white sense and of course this is not black and white yeah. now mr tom <laughs> let's move off my foot fetishes so me we saw we veered now, off that yeah so where me, are you on this mark shall i draw another arrow that kind of I is guess, under it or above it or are you going to stay on this one so i guess i would say based on the spectrum that you've presented i guess i would say i'm bisexual okay but i actually don't like using that term in the middle of course you wouldn't know but the reason why i don't like using the term bisexual mm -hmm. is because and i the, I will say I, I'm not an expert on this, so if there is anyone out there who wants to sort of correct me on this, send us an email and we'll get back to you within four years. I identify as pansexual. Now, what the term pansexual means is it's a lot more. It's you are uh, attracted towards anyone regardless of their gender identity and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, that certainly is a lot more true because in terms of what I am physically attracted to. It's a lot more flexible than that. Like I'm attracted to, I'm not going to say anyone, but I'm very open in terms of the type of person that I'm attracted to. Physically as well as... Physically, but in terms of romantically, there are sort of like more specifics that go into it. And when I was first introduced this term, because the term bisexual makes it sound like it's between the two sexes. So it's a per just because I've got, but you know, some glossary terms. The, yeah. A person, this is a bisexual person, a person who experiences attraction to both people of their own gender and people of gender different from their own. Yeah, so you're saying it's very 50 But that's 50, that. Yeah. But then again, in terms of my gender, and that's going to come up later, Yeah. I don't identify as male or female. So it makes it cloudier. Which then makes it much more complicated, especially, I think... It also makes it sound like, is transgender included in bisexuality? I, d I don't know. 
Hmm. But for me, that's where I feel safe. I feel much more comfortable saying I'm pansexual because I am literally open to anyone in that sense. Okay, now let's just look at this. So, so, so trans, let's just take on the trans because you mentioned that, transgender. So transgender or trans is a person whose gender identity does not correspond with what is socially expected based on their sex assigned at birth. It can be used as an umbrella term, and of course this is where it all gets cloudy, to refer to a range of gender identities and experiences. So you will veer from trans and bisexual and go to pan, which is also on this list, it's brilliant. Pansexual, a person who experiences attraction regardless of gender. Correct. Well, this is real semantic stuff, this. So what you said there in terms of transgender as an umbrella term is 100% accurate. So right. my, my gender identity technically falls under the umbrella term of transgender. I call I identify as a non-binary person, meaning non-binary as not male, not female. Well, don't don't get into that yet. You're playing your marbles. I am, but I just saw like I'm sort of explaining sort of because of that complexity regarding yes. gender, and as we've already discussed regarding that complexity regarding sexuality. Yeah. Sorry, regarding regarding what's between your legs in terms of sex. Yeah. To say that you are bisexual, that you are attracted towards men and women, and then obviously you split that in terms of romantic and physical attraction, like you see how quickly it diverges into all these possible options. Okay, so let's bring the listeners back here. So we got the gingerbread person, which is that kind of just gingerbread man figure, okay? <laughs> but it's not, it's a person. It's a biscuit actually, with ginger in it. And um, it's called the genderbred person. There's four spectrum within it. And I think there needs to be because it is dealing with this very much multiple layers and dimensions that you're talking about here. Yeah. So that they're not concretely um, not linked to each other. They are actually fluid and it's all moving and mixing, which is complex. It's complex. Yeah. It's like our bodies. So and life. So we've dealt with biological sex, what's in between uh, our legs, sexual orientation, what you're attracted to in terms of sex or, or whatever. Um Terrible, terrible term, whatever. Um, especially the one where you go, it is what it is. Uh, they're yeah. just blanded, <laughs> ridiculous terms. You know, a car's a car. Well, it kind of is, but there's a lot more to it. Um, let's move on to the third spectrum then. I mean, maybe okay. you can add a bit more meat to the bone. Is that wrong? I mean, meat to the bone, more um, sustenance to the... Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so what's the next one on the gender-bred person here? Shall we do gender identity? Oh, nice. I like that. So gender I identity... Think... I think because especially the next two where it's like gender identity and gender expression. Yes, they are linked, but they also don't have to be linked. So let's talk about identity first. So gender identity, listeners, is another spectrum on here. Remember, there's four. We've gone through two of them already. This is the third one. Now, gender identity is how you, in your head, think about yourself. So it's the chemistry that composes you. Example, your hormonal levels and how you interpret what that means. Now, if you're still wondering like I am, what the hell does that mean? Let's go up to the spectrum. We got the left of the arrow up to the right and on the left hand side is woman. All the way up to the other end of the spectrum we have man. And then in the middle, we have gender queer. Okay, so, sorry. Which I've never heard of before. I've heard of queer, So. but now we got gender queer. I think you can put a label on it, but I don't think there's even a need for a label. The idea of your gender identity is ultimately just how do you feel? Because you're saying in terms of like the chemistry behind it, Mm -hmm. you know, when we go through puberty as people, 
naturally it sort of like there's a chemical it cre you know it's a chemical inside your brain you know it's create there, there's chemicals that are occurring inside your brain inside your biology that sort of influence the way you think the way you evolve as a person etc mm -hmm. so i the identity side of it is just how do you feel are you happy with the way the world perceives you are you happy with the way these things come into it if I was to sort of give my, I don't know if this is, if, I don't know if this is a better point to make at the beginning of my argument or the end of my argument, but I might just make it now just with that intent. Go on then. I think the idea of gender identity is, is like completely pointless. Ooh. Now this is quite a bold statement. And again, like this is just my opinion. The gender bred person's smile has stopped. Because... The reason, but the reason for this is just because of the way society views it as gender. Like, as, mm. you, as it says, as you said earlier, the expectations regarding you based on your assigned gender. Yeah, well, so, but society and expects based on assigned like, sex, yeah. The fact that when you look at a person, you know, whether they are male, whether, whether, they, whether they look male or whether they look female, mm -hmm. that immediately your brain creates assumptions around it. Here's a fun fact for you. Do you know? So, have you heard of they? You know the pure plural. You know the terms they and them. Mm -hmm. They used for he, she, but in the plural sense. Yeah. Do you know where? Do you know when it was introduced as a singular tense? So, when you refer to someone as they, when you don't know their gender, do you know where that came comes from? No. Fun fact. So, a couple of hundred years ago, in terms of you know when authors were writing books. And they were talking about figures that, you know, they wanted to create their listeners interested. They wanted to keep their readers intrigued. They would say, right, this this figure appeared. And to create your, because if you, to sort of like remove the expectation, they would refer to them as they or them. This figure approached me. You don't know if it's male. You don't know if it's female. You don't know whether it should be safe, whether you should be intimidated. You don't know how to feel. Yeah. And that's where it was first introduced because you're removing that assumption around it. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people sort of, and that's only for me, I think, I don't see the point of gender because ultimately there shouldn't be any expectation on us. There shouldn't be any expectation for you to because, just because you and I are both assigned male at birth, there's no reason that we, there should be these expectations of us. You know, I've got my long hair down to, down to my chest. Yeah. I've got my nails painted, all this stuff. Yeah. There's no expectation in terms of us. I also don't have what is considered a gay voice mm. um, or a camp voice. Like, I don't I'm have sure any about of those that. things. Oh, it's been written in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write it in now. Uh, today's episode with the gay voice man. You say that, like, it's really funny. Like, I go on a lot of dating apps and they sort of like say, like, oh, have you got a gay voice and all this stuff? Because I sort of the way I present myself and they think, oh, wow, this person's got like a gay voice. I'm like, I really don't. I, I just talk like, I just. Especially when I talk, like, you know, I, I sometimes go, oh, in it, in it, right? Hmm. So I fall into slang, especially, like, parts of South England slang. Yes, yes. It falls into it, and it's definitely not gay voice. Well, so, okay. it's the whole idea with gender is ultimately just how do you feel? And if we didn't have, in my opinion, if we didn't have those expectations on us, and this only was from myself, from my experiences growing up, when I was about 14... I was folding my, you know, folding the family's laundry. I remember picking up my mum's bra and thinking, huh, 
okay. Put it to my chest, mm. just out of curiosity. And then the way... Fit I like a peach. I mean, there was nothing there, so I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Fit well, like a key, a key in a lock. <laughs> there was nothing there, so it's like... Immediately, I threw it down, thinking, oh my god, what are these feelings? What's going on? This level of, like, excitement mm-hmm. and curiosity and suddenly thinking about myself in a different way. I was both excited and scared and all this stuff. How old were you then, sorry? 14, 15, okay. yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I had to re- I repress a lot of those feelings for a long time because of, like, difficulties within my family. Like, just various things came up. But then when I was about 20... So when things... you say, sorry, Alex, when you say difficulties in family, you mean... A about those issues of identity and what we expect. No, just like to do with like divorce. And oh, so nothing, to do, nothing okay. to do with that. It was more of like other poignant things to, going on. Yeah, like you know, trying to look after your sister, your brother. Mm. I was, I was trying to look after my my family because of the difficulties we were going with in the relationship. So that was all it was. I just didn't have time to process those feelings. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then when I got older, and especially like when I actually had an opportunity to meet queer people, these feelings came back, and I was like, mm. I couldn't hide these feelings any longer. In fact, when I was at university, my halls of residence mm-hmm. was directly opposite a gay club. So outside my window, I could see a gay club. And I was like, always curious, always thinking about these things and just never confronted it. Um, right. OK. Sorry, I stopped in your tracks. But I just think this is another perfect time for a Chris Bradshaw glossary and explanation of two terms. Because when I look at this with my ignorance that I do today in the middle of this third spectrum... There's so much to this, Which I'm is sorry. about gender identity. I want to know what gender queer means. So, again, there's two explanations, listeners, for queer and gender queer. So I just mm. want to separate that. Okay. So queer is a term that's been reclaimed by some LGBTQ12S communities as a term of pride and affirmation of diversity. It can be used to encompass a broad spectrum of identities related to sex, gender and attraction or by an individual to reflect the interrelatedness of these aspects of their identity. So again, we've got a very umbrella, I don't want to say brand, but an umbrella word. Correct. Can I jump in for 30 seconds there? So where you started off that, it was a reclaimed term. So about, I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to get this right, is either the 60s or 70s, like the word faggot and all this stuff, queer was a term that was used as an offensive yes. term towards those people. And that's what you'd hear on the playground. And exactly. Like that, yeah. And they'd reclaimed it as, you know, just like as a positive term. And nowadays it absolutely does. It's an umbrella term representing all these things. Hence why the term LGBTQ+, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, plus to be a lot more inclusive of all these things. Okay. Sorry, keep Excellent. Going. No, great. And then, so, so let's move to what gender queer then means, which I guess maybe comes under the umbrella of queer. Maybe. Right. We'll see. A gender queer. If you're gender queer, a per- you're a person whose gender identity and/or expression may not correspond with social and cultural gender expectations. Individuals who identify as gender queer may move between genders, identify with multiple genders, or reject the gender binary or gender altogether. Now, to me. If we go to the spectrum, then mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't uh, identify with a woman. I'd go to the right of the spectrum, man. But you would be. Would I've got this right? You'd be gender queer, then. I guess, yeah. I guess I would fall under one of those terms within the gender queer right. title. Are you happy with that or not? You kind of yeah showed I... a kind of display of nonconformity there with that. 
I guess, well, I guess my terms of may, maybe it's because of maybe like there's so much language behind this whole thing that even sometimes I find this is a bit like over the top and a bit intimidating at times. Well, at, well, I'm so, looking at an, an alpha, an ampersand on its how, in maths. What do you call it? It's alpha, isn't infinity. it? Infinity. Oh, of course, of course it is. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's infinity. What's alpha then? Oh, alpha's that. Alpha's part of it. Yeah, yeah that's you alpha. see, that's where I came in. Come on. Be understanding about all these diversity things, brother, <laughs> sister. <laughs> well done. Mother, well you know what, well done. I'll give it to you there. Well done. Nice Mux. try. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked about that, have we, on the podcast? No, we'll get to that later. Uh, so, uh, off, under time. this gender identity spectrum, um, if you start butting in, we might be able to finish. You uh, might. <laughs> you've, got, you've got gender queer, woman, pan, gender, trans, Cisgender, gender, gender fluid. Don't turn off yet, listeners. I know this is a lot to take in. Agender, man, and non-binary. Now you have mentioned before non-binary. So, but they got non-binary and gender queer. So how can you be gender queer and not non-binary, or can you be both umbrellaed under queer? I wish I understood the language better. I'm not an. Ing- For me personally, I, get, I, I will say like I'm a maths teacher, as we said earlier. Like I'm a maths teacher. In terms of my understanding of the language, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. My understanding in terms of non-binary is I thought, I think non-binary is the umbrella term because it's saying that you are not within the binary of male and female. Right. That was my understanding of it. There are other terms in terms of gender queer, gender non-conforming, etc. What is the umbrella term at the beginning? Who, who knows? I, I, I've sort of lost track at this point because, yes, there, it's, a lot of it does seem very intimidating. And potentially over the top as well. Some, we 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 can get to that in a bit. Yeah. In a bit. It does seem to be like we're it, going towards that, though. I it mean, can it... be, yes. Yeah. I think I thought non-binary was the umbrella term. In fact, they sometimes say that non-binary. I think in the technicality, non-binary is part of transgender. But I mean, I'm not too fussed. If I was if I was to be perfectly honest, you know, the whole point of why we use labels. Actually, this is all the main point. The whole point of why we use labels is when you first meet someone, you immediately have an understanding in terms of the language. Mm-hmm. So I can say like, oh, I, when I say I'm non-binary, I don't feel comfortable saying I'm man or woman. I feel separate from that. Okay. But that's it's an easier language to understand because of where that comes from. Okay. You know, when you say you are male, everyone knows what that means. You know what pronouns you use, etc. But... The whole point of language is what you use in, is when you first meet someone. That's why we have language when you, you know, it's, it allows us to communicate upon first meeting of each other. But if you've known each other for a long period of time, you know, do you consider yourself to be married to your wife or you just consider yourself married to this person? Well, she's my significant other now. Exactly that. Not my wife. No, it's, it's not a label of, <laughs> it's not a label of you are a... You are married to someone of the opposite sex. You are married to this person, this significant person in your life. And then as time moves on, labels are then removed. The whole point of why we have labels and language is just for that first interaction. And yes, it can seem very intimidating. And I think this is the biggest point for you and your listeners. This whole point of like where it is intimidating, it's intimidating upon first meeting. And I get this all the time. It's intimidating from your first meeting because it's new language, new terminology. But that's just because you're, it's, it's so you can get your point across to the other person. But over time, is that actually important? Absolutely not. 
you don't think of it when you go when you go have a pint down the when you go to go down the pub. You go down the pint. You go down to the pub with your mates, mm. regardless of who they are. Yeah. Regardless of how they're dressed, etc. Like it, that. That's all it is. So. I mean, you you mentioned the word intimidating. But I think some would use a different adjective, like perhaps stupid, as well. I mean, we've we've heard before. I mean, it's just a little. And we're going to get this, into this earlier. Intimidating. Saying, yeah. Yeah. I said earlier in terms of where it's like. A lot of this stuff can be very politicised and... Oh, what was the other word I said? Like, um... But even, even politics uh, yeah. aside, when we have a situation here where, you know, we've gone through the spectrum, we're trying to just put us as two unique individuals on it. Now, obviously, I've gone over to man, you've gone to genderqueer. But even within genderqueer, which seems to suggest what I think you'd be happy with being under as an explanation, that... Maybe not, because non-binary also have... It seems to be like they need to get rid of one of them. And I do apologise for anyone who thinks they're genderqueer and not binary listening to this. But they do seem... And even you're having trouble with seeing the difference, right? So the get bits, one slimming label and stick to it. On that note, language evolves, hasn't it? Like, all these terms... So you think it will, then? Language, language, language has evolved. I mean, when we say, like... So when I say, like, OK, I identify as non-binary and all this stuff... These emotions that I've been feeling, that these other queer people have been feeling, we've had these we've had these feelings for thousands of years. Mm. You know, history shows that all these people existed for thousands, thousands of years, but it's just the language is new. How do you label feelings? It's very difficult, right? It is. People just say happy, sad. No, 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 no. And to be fair, that's why I love English as a language because that's you said you hated it in the previous podcast. I did, I did, I you know, but like, as I'm learning Chinese, I love. Given that I'm trying to learn Chinese, I love English as a language because I can be I can be happiest, I can be glorious. Mm. And that's like and glorious, you wouldn't say that as a word of like describing happiness happiness. But it can be the way you say it. Right, and stick it does, to the point then here. Are you non binary or genderqueer? I would Mr. say Top. I would say non binary. Oh for gosh sake. Okay, let's move on, shall we? And this is great, by the way. We're this, going through this, and you can tell so. by our voices, listeners. Now, and you probably are as well. <laughs> Frustrated. Uh, whatever you're doing, you probably turn this off. <laughs> but this is where it's going, and and so we, we're doing our best. Right, last one on this spectrum of the genderbred person. We've gone through sex, what's in between your legs, orientation, what you're attracted to. Um, we've gone to your identity, the yeah. labelling of it, maybe the expectation society has. And I get your point there. That is a little bit of a situation, I yeah. think there. Um, that can cause um, conflict. Last one is... Expression. Expression. Now, gender expression on the gingerbread person, genderbread person, or the biscuit, is to do with the whole of the biscuit. It's basically to do with how you demonstrate your gender um, based on traditional gender roles through the ways you act, through the ways you dress, through the ways you behave, and through the ways you interact with people in society now before you begin um on this gender expression has a spectrum it's the fourth one of the biscuit and we have on the left we have feminine your expression is feminine all the way up to the right your your expression is masculine and then in the middle they have this word androgynous oh, i love that word isn't it i love androgynous. Androgynous. take us away mr toll um i guess with this situation expression the first thing I would like to say is, you know, what is feminine, what is masculine? And mm. this sort of links back to what we were saying, uh, what I was literally just saying in terms of why we have the language. You know, we have this language because it makes it easier to associate. 
for me to say that I present myself more masculine or present myself more feminine, I quite honestly hate that idea. Mm. Because, you know, why is it that the type of clothing that I'm wearing should be considered more male appropriate or me more female appropriate? It doesn't matter if I'm wearing dress or if I'm wearing a dress or a makeup or a suit. Okay, it doesn't so matter. so masculine. Again, let me just coin this. A word to describe a behaviour, trait or style of expression that has cultural associations with being a man. These associations change over time between cultures and from person to person. So again, I think it's falling down already there. Feminine, a word to describe a behaviour, trait or style of expression that has cultural associations, cultural associations with, again, being a woman this time. These associations, again, change over time between cultures and from person to person. And just to finish it, androgynous... um, ladies and gentlemen or children too or people that don't represent themselves as ladies or gentlemen or children everyone um, is the key word everyone there for. thank you very much <laughs> there you go everyone don't make the same mistake as me just say hello everyone um, androgynous means a word to describe a behaviour trait or style of expression that either blends both masculine and feminine forms of expression or is culturally read as gender neutral hmm I've got to say, I'm, I'm, I will, I'll talk to you in a minute about this when we go on to the spectrum for our final spectrum count. So, I, 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 the, what, the fact that you described that, the way you described that just then, my first thought was, if you give it five, ten years, yeah. the whole idea of that spectrum will almost be non I'm not going to say non-existent, there won't be a need to define it. I think you've actually, you know, I actually agree with you on that. Because, that it, let's be honest, it shouldn't matter. The main reason why a lot of these things matters, okay, when you go into a clothing shop and you go into the men's section and you see all these patterns and these styles, etc., ultimately the clothes are designed to fit a male figure mm-hmm. where it is straight from the from the armpits down, it is straight, it is designed for wider shoulders, it is designed for someone who's gone through male puberty. Mm-hmm. Um and then maybe with a gut or whatever it is, but the idea is that there's no curves around the chest or yeah. around the hips. Female clothes do the same, do you know, do that for obviously female puberty. But the big thing is, and this is where things have happened over the last hundred or several hundred years or whatever, mm-hmm. the patterns that have occurred from it, you know, when they say like, oh, you know, pink is for girls, men, you know, blue is for boys, whatever it may be, but the sort of style and the patterns that occur. For example, if you were to look in the women's section and you were to look at some of the dresses there or some of the outfits there and you see these very fun, very playful patterns. You wouldn't see them in the male section. And on male fitting clothes, you wouldn't see them in those sections. Can can I just say, I've got to say this, I totally agree with you. I wanted to find a kind of lilac uh, shirt, business shirt. The only place I could find them was in the women's sections of shops. Mm. Nothing in the men. And of course, I can't wear the women's shirt because it's a different fit. But my point is, that should also be in the man section. I totally agree with you on that. So Sexist. It's, discriminative. It's the where a lot of those issues come wrong. from. Yeah, it is. It is wrong because it's, I think, I think issues like that is where this whole gender issue initially comes from. Because it almost makes it feel like the binary. You have to choose between the men's yes. or the women's section. You know, the fact that I'm, oddly enough, this top I'm wearing today is a cream turtleneck. I got it in the women's section. 
and yeah, I mean it's it's rather tight. It's a kind of thing tight, you'd see in nineteen eighties ski wear. You've you, just come off the slopes and uh, you got the roll up polo neck there, bringing that back into fashion. I haven't seen them for a long time. Well, I mean, you know, you do look. But the thing is, you look it, very Christmassy. It look it. The, but, the, but the point is, it doesn't. I don't look like I'm male or female. I just look like I'm wearing a top. You know, yeah. I've got the sleeves slightly rolled up just because of the way I've, it's fitted and all this stuff. Like, it's not hanging extra at the you, chest. You look, with your, with your, um, oh, say your toenails, you haven't got your feet out. Not that I look at them. Oh, um, you've, got, you've got your fingernails, you've got your tight-fitting polo top, your long hair, but your beard. I would say you look both. And you, isn't you that, see, isn't and that you, what you're, um, yeah. Yeah, you, you've got it. You Like, as you're trying to project yourself as both and you're trying to project yourself as what makes you feel comfortable. I often say to my sons, I'm a man, but I'm actually half a woman, half a man, because I got half the DNA from mum, half the DNA from dad, and you're exactly the same. So remember that. Stay balanced when and you it, take perspective in life. And it should be that. I mean, I... But that's not to say I create all these labels and, and make people, you know, well, you said intimidated. Yes. I just say pissed off. Or, again, intimidated because they don't want to say the wrong thing, you know? And that's, I think that's... yeah. Uh, we can have... That's a good point. Yeah. I think it's... It, 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 I mean, I still think it's intimidating on so many ways because when I first created the LGBT club back in back from my first school, I was like, okay, I need to create like a poster for this. So I thought, okay, let's like get some key flags. Get the ginger, gingerbread person out. I thought that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I thought, Dress up as a gingerbread person. So there's all these different flags for all these different identities. So I thought, okay, I'll do like a big background with all these different flags on it and then I'll just put like, you know, the details on the front. Like, okay, come to this classroom mm-hmm. at this time, Thursday lunchtimes, whatever, for this thing. And I was researching and I was like finding all these things. Like, and I was like literally thinking, Jesus Christ, this is ridiculous. Oh my God, like there's so many labels, so many things. Yeah. And that was intimidating for me. And at the time I identified the same way as I do now. And that was five years ago for me to try to create an inclusive poster for queer children and that there's there's there is so much it, it, thus this whole thing is a spectrum and i'm worried of talking too much because i know so i'm looking I, I can i can see the researchers sort of like falling asleep if you're an english-speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job get a visa to teach abroad or most importantly to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30 plus students then reach now to teach now and secure a professional u.s district of columbia license in as little as nine months online in no time low cost high quality teach now get in the game Immediately receive a hundred dollar discount of your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu/forward/slash/China Jedi. May the smile be with you.